Welcome to A Place of Shelter. It's a podcast for those who uh, serve in the providing care for hospice patients and their families. Uh, just a place uh, to rest and relax, find some rejuvenation in the midst of the chaos, the pandemic, and even Thanksgiving potentially being canceled or definitely being changed and altered this year. I'd like to tell a story by a guy named Kirk Holder, just entitled Thanksgiving Long Ago. Well, the holidays are here, and I'm just not prepared for it all. But I was thinking about Thanksgiving as a young man. As a child, my little family always went back to Laurel, Mississippi to see both my grandmothers and my Uncle Charlie and Aunt Mildred, along with that set of cousins. Usually at Mom's mom's house, my Aunt Martha and her son Scott would be there, and my mom and her sister and grandma would bicker and resent each other most of the day. And then sometimes their other sister, Kathy, she'd come over too. Now, she had money, and it seemed all the sisters resented her. My sister Kim and I, we didn't like Scott, so he was always following us around while we tried to play without him. And my dad, he just tried to avoid most everything, and he and I messed with Grandma, just joked a lot and laughed as... She was a tough old bird, and she still is, and had been on her own for a good while. She had red hair for so much of her life, and had her own house in a nice old neighborhood. And I think a lot of the older guys thought that she was, well, rather a catch, and I'm certain she rebuffed many advance. I do remember my grandma marrying a guy for two weeks, but then I think she found out he was a loser. Now, Grandma's house was filled with little things that I had to hold and look at on each visit. There was a box filled with very old dollar coins, some from the late 1800s. She'd eventually give me and my sister one each, and mine is smooth as a beach stone, like, like it was something kept in a pocket and rubbed for luck. And, and I like to think that my grandfather, who I never met, he kept that coin with him. There are soaps shaped like roses, which we could not use. It was in this old house, an old organ in one bedroom that had preset sounds and Kim and I would make noise. There was also a bell on the doorstep. I guess it was for the mailman to ding when he dropped the mail and we always wanted to play with that bell. Ding, ding, ding. And certainly it got too noisy. And I think our parents and family told us a lie that the bell was to call the fireman in case of fire, so don't touch it. I'm sure it was annoying for the adults to hear all that dinging. Now, this house, it was a little circle of rooms that that I loved to run around. 
Through three sets of French doors of glass and wood, they separated the bedrooms from living room, from dining room, and these doors just closed themselves like swinging doors in a saloon. And run around. It was a curio of glass and porcelain objects in the dining room, signifying travels from years back. They were like salt and pepper shakers that looked like people, and spoons hanging in there from exotic towns on long-gone highways, and nothing ever moved from its resting place. Now the food. There were more vegetables than any could kid rather would ever have a nightmare about. <laughs> there were fresh greens and lima beans and string beans and cream corn and I loved all of those. They were all fresh. And it always occurred to me that we ate more great vegetables as kids in Mississippi than many of my friends I'd meet later. But there were also the gag reflex veggies like like squash. It's all mushy and just this yellow pile of goo, and I still resent that even now. There were candied sweet potatoes and sweet potato pie in the oven. There was a dressing, a dry mix of bread, celery, and eggs that you had choked down with a perfect circle of cranberry product plopped on top. Turkey was always dry. They could use could have used some of Paula Deen's magic, but at that time none of us knew her. But there's one thing that I beg for, the table in Mississippi, and that's something that I always ask about. I requested, and my folks knew that it was all that I wanted: chicken and dumplings. Just a swamp of lard, dough, and juicy chicken. Slaved over to create my favorite holiday dish of all times. You plop that between all those dry things, and voila! It's savory juices and fat. Man, it saved the day. Seconds, honey? Yes. Thirds, always in order. Just make sure there's room for pecan pie. Sometimes later that day or maybe the next, we'd go see Dad's mom and Uncle Charlie and Aunt Mildred and all of my cousins just across town. And, you know, there's more food. But any visit to that house was just fun because there were woods all around of huge pines and needles and cones everywhere and neighbors' horses to feed by hand. There was an outdoor barbecue pit. And this house had levels and it was masculine. It was filled with guns and dark wood. And I would sit there quietly. There I was always shy, but I loved all of them so much. My cousins, man, they drive the cool Plymouth cars like dusters and super bees. And my cousin Debbie, well, she was gorgeous and was probably my first 
crush. My dad's mom was the sweetest woman I think I'd ever met. She was like an angel, and she left my life so long ago, but I remember some things. We'd only spend one night, since that was really all we were really up for, because my family and its own little cell, and we didn't seem to have time to be a big extended family. Now, in in later years, once I got into high school, you know, Thanksgiving pretty much stayed at my home. Both of my folks, great cooks, have a few buddies come over and we toss the football for a while. Enjoy some of the similar stuff to the Mississippi menu and mom added some cream cheese fruit topped pies that were awesome. And I think my buddy Charles just showed up for the rolls. But things seemed to dwindle after that. As I grew up, left home, my folks split up, my sister got married, and I was involved in my own relationships. And once in a while, I'd be invited to a big Thanksgiving dinner with too many folks to even try to remember their names and tons of new homemade food. But these days, I usually go to my dad's and his wife's home, and it's, it's a crowd indeed. But, but last year, I did my first Thanksgiving cooking, you know, in my first non-apartment home, and I guess I'll always be a late bloomer, and it was a day late too, but I love the cooking and having at least one table of my family with me. You know, the obligations of holidays can be distressing. There's no doubt about that. But I envy you if you're going to a relative's home, packing food in the back seat, setting up a card table for the kids, dreading the conversation with that cousin and hugging 12 grandkids and holding some new baby and asking about the food. Well, what is this? And the most important question, who made it? Hearing the same story from grandma for the 15th year and stuffing people in a kitchen like circus midgets in a car, loosening the belt in front of a Detroit game, if you can get a comfortable chair and being so exhausted as the late arrivers are just coming in for the afternoon feeding while knowing you have to go to your spouse's relatives all house for dinner later on. Listen. Sop that up with a biscuit. You're lucky and you're blessed. Happy Thanksgiving.